the last Sunday that I am uh, teaching on this series. I didn't mean for this to be a series, seriously, but I've been talking uh, on the title Living in Truth in the Time of Great Deception. This is actually lesson six, and this is the last lesson. If I don't finish today, I'm done. You'll watch, you just have to read the notes because it just keeps, you know, God just keeps doing things. So how many know we are living in a time of great deception? So I've got seven things that you need to know about the Word of God. I'll get there in a minute. But God downloaded something in me yesterday that I need to remind you of about this subject. How many know we really are living in a time of deception? I need to slow down. Isaiah 5.20. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah said 2,500 years ago. And it, it's so applicable to now. Woe to those who call evil good. Mm, good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who puts bitter for sweet sweet for bitter everything's backwards is that today what in the world's going on so it's a strange time where things are twisted and skewed and warped and they're to fit agendas that some folk have. Jesus said, and I've mentioned these things, just want to remind you to Scripture. Matthew 24, 4, Passion Translation. Uh, Jesus' disciples asked him, what is the world going to be like when you come back again? And, uh, and he said, at that time, deception will run rampant. Friends, we're living in that rampant deception day now. How many hear me? So be aware that you are not fooled. So, so if this is news to you, that there's deception around, that is a problem for you. You should already know that. So some people are gullible enough. In fact, uh, some years ago, somebody, uh, somebody I forgot uh, if I read this or had. Anyway, a person said, well, it was a person I talked to. Here's what they said. I just thought anything in print was truth. Yeah, a few names for, for folk that believe those kinds of things. But I won't give any descriptions. If you believe everything you read, and then further, if you believe everything you hear, and you believe every video that you watch on YouTube, dude, wake up. Anyway, at that time, deception will run rampant. So be aware, beware that you are not fooled. Now, why did he say that? Because there are people that will be fooled and that will be deceived. Now, when I read that, my question to me is, well, am I going to be deceived? And my answer to myself is, well, I don't want to be. Don't you have self-talk? And so once I say that, then I say, Lord, help me not be deceived. Lead me, help me, guide me, right? And then, uh, which leads me, next Sunday, I want to start another, I, got, I do these series things, I'm a teacher. How you can be, li- how to hear the voice of God in the details of life. How many know, if you ever needed to hear God, now is the time. Would you agree? So, so hopefully, unless uh, Jesus comes back or he changes me, I plan on going that direction next Sunday. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, the Holy Spirit, this is Passion Translation again. I just like the way he says it. He says it so clearly. The Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed. That means he's saying, hey, 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 eyes on me. Look at me. Listen. That's what he's saying. At the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith. Everybody say many. Many will depart. Depart. Everybody say depart. What's the inference if you depart from something? You've been in it. So he said they're going to depart from faith. 
That means their belief system has been challenged. You get it? At the end of this age, many, not a few, many will depart, leave the true faith one after another. Does that shock you when you read that? See, when I read that, it makes me think, well, is that me? Devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. I told you this story. My grandmother had a cellar. My grandmother was born in 1901. She had a cellar in her house. That was an old house. And I just, it intrigued me to go down in her cellar. And that's where she kept all of her, you know, vegetables and things that she canned. And we go down there, probably, you know, six, seven feet down. Just go down. And it's earthen walls. And, it, you know, I forgot what the core is. What's it? Somebody that does all that kind of stuff can tell me what the core of the earth is. cool, you know. So it's nice to walk down in there. But then rats would get down in there. Wharf rats. And they'd try to make a mess of some things, you know, some dried things. And so she showed me as a little boy, she would take some uh, wax paper and put a little piece of meat into wax paper. And then, and then she'd put a little arsenic on it. And then she'd wrap it up. She'd throw it around. She said, those rats are stupid. She said, they smell that meat. They'll go tear that meat up. And they think it's just wonderful. And then, and then they're belly up dead. Now, that's what the enemy does. He'll take something that sounds right, that sounds fair, and then put a twist on it. And in the end, it deceives you. How many hear me? That's happening today. Then verse 2, he says, hypocritical liars will deceive many. And their consciences won't bother them at all. We're living in a time of consciousless people. You know, your conscience is like a wall. I've got a study I did on the conscience of man. Everybody Okay. I did a study on conscience. A conscience is like a wall. A conscience is a defense mechanism in your life to keep you from things that will eventually hurt you. Right? So like my mama used to tell me, Mitch, you eat too much candy, you're going to rot your teeth. And that will eventually rot your body. You need to watch out. So your conscience, right? So too much of anything is not good. And some things you don't need to touch. So conscience is there. We're living in a conscienceless age. So again, it's time for us to be stirred up spiritually, stay alert, and not let our attention wander. And uh, so let me also say this, uh, the spirit of Antichrist is rising right now. now. There's different ways to say that, but I just, you know, it is a biblical word. The word Antichrist used one time in the Bible in, in the book of 1 John. The spirit of Antichrist, that means the attitude of Antichrist is here. Uh, he, that person who is, will be Antichrist, which is against God and all that he stands for. Uh, he's, not, he's not appeared yet in the Middle East, but the ideology that will bring him up is rising in the earth. How many know that? So I just want, and, and I came up with this. I was actually sitting on my bed dressing. I'm not kidding this morning. And this next uh, sentence, it's a long sentence came to me and I wrote it down and I Gave it to Sean to put on the screen. Put that up there. The spirit of Antichrist is an anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-family, lawless ideology that joins the nations of the world together under one umbrella, umbrella economically, politically, 
and religiously. You, you probably want to remember that because that's where the world is headed. Did you hear me? The spirit of Antichrist pushes for, and I've read this before, got to do it one more time. Abortion. How many know 63 million babies have been aborted since Roe versus Wade, 1973? Do you think God has forgotten that? Did you know abortion is the same as the idol worship when a person aborts a baby? It's the same as, as, as offering their baby to a false god called Molech in the Old Testament. They would literally sacrifice their children to a false god to appease the gods so that they would have protection and, uh, and things, uh, good things would happen. That was their belief system. Friends, that's happening today. Pornography, uh, same-sex marriage, abortion, same-sex marriage. How many know 2015, our Supreme Court sadly said same-sex marriage is as, is as valuable as heterosexual marriage? How many know when you put yourself against God, trouble comes? Transgender rights and sexual orientation rights. Now that was just voted on a few weeks ago. Uh, so, so that those who are men but feel like they're women inside and vice versa. And I know it's not popular to talk about this, but you've got to talk about it. Your children are being indoctrinated about this. Yes or no? And your grandchildren. So if we sit back and say nothing, this is going to overwhelm our nation and ruin it. Pornography, U.S. is the world exporter of pornography today. Living together without marriage. I'm talking about the spirit of Antichrist and what he pushes. Fornication, living together without marriage. Relative values or personal values that are determined by the situation you're in and they can change from situation to situation. Uh, socialism, communism. Most people don't know what socialism and communism are today. How many understand what socialism is? And communism. Socialism, communism takes away personal rights to own things. Personal rights to make money. And wants to make everybody the same. So you have a group of elitists that control everybody. Where they, where they live, what they do, where they go and what they say. And what information they have. And you just better suck it up, buttercup, if you don't like it. That's called communism, socialism, and really uh, Karl Marx uh, really propagated that uh, 18th century. Control, atheism. Now, Sean just mentioned to me the new word for an atheist is an anti-theist, a person who is anti-God. Hmm. Lawlessness, fear, godlessness, Amorality, you put an A in front of something and it makes it the exact opposite of what it was. So instead of morality, amorality, there are no morals. Divisiveness, which is saying and doing things to pit one person against another. Is that happening today? Big time. Inequality, emphasizing that some think they are better than others. How many know that's being emphasized today? Rioting, violence. Division, division inciting disagreements among people or groups. Racism, racism feeds this attitude in pitting one race against another. Is that going on today? Big time. Worldwide law, wide law codes adop, uh, adopted by all nations. Did you know that's what's in the future? It's true. A worldwide currency. 
Now, I, can't, I can get off in the ditch on any of these. Friends, things are changing. You need to protect yourself. Pray God will show you what to do. If you want to know particulars, just come and talk to me in private. I'll talk to you. No borders between nations. See, the whole idea of the Antichrist spirit is everybody, everybody does the same thing. Everybody believes the same thing. To the rationalistic anti-God mind, that's smart. Well, this tried to happen, you remember? This happened before in history. Remember, the Bible calls it the Tower of Babel. Babel means confusion. And uh, they were building an astrological tower to worship the signs of the zodiac. And they said, we can do anything because we're all together as one. All everybody, all races, all nations, we had the same language. And God said, well, that's not a good idea. We're going to confuse that thing. So, uh, so they couldn't understand one another while they were trying to build and they had to forsake their plans. Well, the Antichrist is going to do, not, he's not going to try to build a tower, but he is going to try to build an organizational unit so that every nation does the same thing. All going to a central control. That's what the Antichrist is after. How many hear what I just said? Friends, that is in the works right now. Everybody hear me? Now, there's a lot of people, I'm watching the clock, there's a lot of people that think that that think that uh, we're going to be out of here before the Antichrist is revealed. And I hope we are. In fact, I listen and, and uh, there are some very widely well-known people today that are, are talking about the rapture and it can happen at any time. One guy even said, well, here's the reason the rapture hasn't happened yet. Well, here's my, here's my belief and uh, we'll see if I'm right or wrong um, is that we're going to see the rise of the Antichrist. And you're going to have to deal with some persecutions we haven't dealt with before because of what's happening in the world. Now, I've made some statements about the riots. Uh, there's, there's, it's okay to demonstrate and to disagree with something. And our Constitution gives us the right to do that, yes or no. But I've said some things in the past. And let me make some statements here. When I talk about these things, I'm not talking about politics. Man, it gets quiet, right? When I talk about things, I'm not talking political. Well, Pastor, I mean, you've been talking about some of this. I know it. I'm talking about the underlying foundations that make this stuff happen. The ideologies, the plan, the scheme. Think of the rat. Smelling the meat and eating the poison. He didn't mean to eat the poison. He loved the meat. So what am I saying? What's going on? Looks right. Underneath the surface, it'll tear this nation completely apart. Did you hear me? Pastor, are you talking? No, I'm not talking politics. I'm talking about deception that is happening right now. Now, why am I talking about this? Do you live in America? Question, are you free to think the way you want to think? Yes or no? Are you free to do what you want to do? Are you free to worship? Are you free to give an opinion? Those freedoms are quickly eroding. Did you hear me? What's going to replace them? A one world system. It's coming. And only you with your praying can keep it out. Praying and speaking up even when people disagree with you. Yes or no? Pastor, are you talking politics? No, I'm not talking politics. I'm talking Bible. How many hear me? Let me tell you where we're at in the world. 
we are now at a point that you used to could say, well, I go to church, I read the Bible, I pray, and then I just kind of have this person as a friend, and then I do this, and, and then I do that. And I know they don't know the Lord, and they don't believe the way I do, and everything's all right. We, uh, but, but now, but now lip and life are becoming narrowly defined. And what you believe becomes what your life is. So you can say you believe God, believe the Bible, but if you don't walk that out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, then you're going to lose your freedoms. How many hear me? And so there's, there's a narrowing. Used to be you could get about with all kinds of thoughts, ideologies, but not anymore because now it's going to cost us something. How many hear what I just said? I'm not talking politics here. I'm talking about our freedoms and persecutions that are coming. How many hear me? There's a worldwide persecution coming of Christians and Jews that will make the Holocaust look like child's play. We're going to be here for part of that, so you need to get prepared and ready. And y'all, if you've ever prayed for America, prayed for your nation. Now's time to do it. How many hear me? And now's time to really speak up. And, uh, you know, now if you speak up, somebody's going to give you a spit bath or two or three or ten. Is that true? There are ideologies at work, friends, and it's a one world ideology underneath the surface. How many hear me? So right now, I just cut the news on for ten minutes before I came. I was getting dressed. And there are, I mean, man, all over our nation, there are insurrections everywhere. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that is not about race relations? I'm not talking political. That, the insurrectionists that are defaming, burning, defaming property, calling for the defunding of the police, that is not about race relations. How many know we're supposed to love one another? And yes, there's some things we need to straighten up with black-white issues. Absolutely true. Is that true? But what's happening in our cities is much deeper than that. And it, it it has taken that, set it to the side. And there is an agenda to divide this nation. Because if you divide it, you can conquer it. How many hear me? I'm not talking political. Why does the devil hate America? Well, we just happen to be, used to be, the largest exporter of the gospel anywhere in the world. We have been heretofore the most compassionate nation in the world. The devil hates us. He hates the gospel. He hates the gospel that many of us believe. He hates churches, wants to keep them closed. Is that true? Absolute truth. So, friends, now is a time of tremendous deception, and we just simply need to wake up. How many hear me? Then I noticed this. The Lord spoke to me yesterday, and Jesus had to get tough about some things. And just before he died, he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have my life in you. He's a cannibal. That man crazy. He cray-cray. Something wrong with him. John 6, 66, and so from that time on, many of his disciples turned their backs on Jesus 
and refused to be associated with him. Now, you know what Jesus did? When he saw a bunch of people say, I ain't listening to that man anymore. He crazy, crazy, he crazy. I ain't listening to him. You know what Jesus did? He turned around to his disciples. And he said to the 12, and you, do you want to leave too? Friends, we're getting to a point that the word, if you believe the Bible, you are going to be challenged. And if you choose to compromise your belief system, you will become one of the deceived and may even be one that, that, that leaves the faith. It's quiet. Yes or no? That's not political statement. That's the reason it's time to wake up. So the reason I'm talking about the word, seven things you need to know about the Bible. The Bible will keep you out of the spiritual ditch and will keep you from being deceived. How many hear me? Now, I had seven points. It got to number four of the last week. And let's see if I can get the other three rapidly. Well, that's, yeah, four, yeah. Uh, So number one, God's word brings stability. I've talked about that. If you want to have a stable life, keep the word in your mind. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, virtuous, praiseworthy, think on these things. The word will bring stability. If you have an unstable personality or you're moved by the circumstances of life very easily, when you get pertinent, specific scripture inside of you, it changes your belief system and it creates stability in an unstable personality. Yes or no? Talked about that in the past. Number two, ask God for a hunger for the word. Well, I'm not hungry for the word. There's reasons if you're not spiritually hungry. Most of the time, if we're not spiritually hungry, we're compromising somewhere. I've told you a story. One of my children used to eat candy and leave the candy wrappers all around the, all the way around the, the basket, the wastebasket in the bedroom. We're sitting down to eat, and, and this child just had no desire for food. She wouldn't eat her green beans or mashed potatoes or chicken. Her corn. I mean, it's just sitting right there on the plate. Or her salad, whatever we're eating, you know. I say, aren't you hungry? I'm not hungry. I say, well, why aren't you hungry? Just kind of blank stare. So I'll go down to the bedroom. Empty candy wrappers. The candy of the world will create a lack of spiritual appetite for the word. You get it? So ask God for a hunger. Number three, know the Bible is the inspired word of God. I gave you an illustration last week of a balloon. All scripture is given by Theonustos, the inspiration of God, or God breathed. When when God gives you his word, or, or the Bible is so much the word of God that it's given by his breath. I blew up a balloon last week. When my breath went into the balloon, it's just like God's personage his dna going into you my dna went into the bloom with my breath god's dna who he is how he feels what he thinks what his value system is it goes into you when you get his word in you and it goes to every part of your being so if you're starting to do something you shouldn't do there's something on the inside scratching stop stop don't think that don't do that don't go there stop that because somebody's DNA besides yours is in you. And that's a good thing in that part, in that case, right? Then number four, so I talked about that. Number four, the word is designed to take Jesus and the Father's place in their physical absence. 
And I want to show you something about the Word. If you'll get your nose in the book, and I'm not talking about just reading 15 minutes in the morning like a lot of people now do with a cup of coffee. That's good, and that's fine, or whatever time you spend. I'm talking about getting the Word of God, memorizing Scripture, getting, them in, getting it into you, letting the Word of God dwell inside of you. That is, you're thinking about it. Uh, for instance, I woke up last night. I woke up last night at 2.34, looked at the clock. And you know what I did? I didn't count sheep. I meditated on Scripture. And I went back to sleep. Again, during the day, I have idle mental time. I think on Scripture. What does that do? The Word is designed to take Jesus and the Father's place in their physical absence. I've been in so many scraps in my life. I've been different nations, different places here. And then, you know, problems come. Situations arise. You feel alone. You don't know what to do. You don't have the answers. And you know what happens to me in those instances? If I get, if I bring the word up to my mind, it calms me down. Have you ever become really upset when something, a circumstance changed and you weren't planning on it? Well, when you, if you have the word in you, it, it brings the presence of God. It brings us wisdom. Listen to what Jesus said, John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them. Commandments is just another way of saying he who has my word and keeps it. It's he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. I will love him and manifest myself to him. Jesus said, if you'll, if you'll make his word important in your life, if it's important to you, he'll come and manifest himself to you. Then verse, listen to this, verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. What does that mean? That means when you're out cutting your grass and something's wrong with your lawnmower, he'll say, you might want to check your oil you forgot to and you're about to ruin your engine and cost, cost more money. Huh? Or, or something's wrong with your car. Hey, you might want to, might want to get so-and-so checked out. You, you hear that noise you haven't heard? Check it out. You don't want to walk in this heat. See, he'll make his home with you. How many hear me? If you need to plan, if you need to save, if you need to give, if you need to watch a relationship, if he makes his home with you, he gets involved in the intricacies of life. He'll talk to you about your relationship with your spouse. Or if you're dating someone, he'll talk to you about the person you're dating. You really want to date that person? Do you really know them well? Do you know how they spend money? Do you know how they treat men or women? Do you know? Are you aware? Become aware. Are you going to have trouble? See, when God makes his home with you, he talks about stuff. Is that true? If challenges are coming, he'll say, get, you, get yourself ready. Be as smart as an ant. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Summertime, ant prepares for wintertime. Prepare, prepare, right? So when he comes and makes his home, how, how does he come and make his home with you? When you get in the word, He'll say, I appreciate you loving me enough to think my language and to think the way I do. Now, can we talk about this, 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 this? And he'll talk to you. Isn't that good? He'll talk to you about your children if your children are small. He'll talk to you about your grandchildren if you're older. He'll talk to you about every single thing in life if you'll make his word important in your life. I'm not talking about just reading it once over a cup of coffee. I'm talking about meditating in it throughout the day. How many know he'll make his home with you? 
How many want him to make his home with you? Number five, our culture set the word of God aside. It is, has now little or no influence on lifestyle in America. And now God is forced, <coughs> excuse me, I need some water, to, make, to back away from us as a nation because of our choices. See, it gets quiet. Did you know when you do nothing with God's word, he just kind of steps back? Because Jesus said, if you love me, obey my word. And as a nation, y'all, we have stepped back. How many hear me? You can step back from God and his word as a, as a person. A family can step away from God and his word. A nation can step away from God and his word. And, uh, you know, here in America, particularly, the Bible's been replaced in our school system by an anti-theist ideology. Atheism, evolution, relative values, and amorality. How many know that's being taught in our public institutions of learning? That's the reason your kids will go to college. Maybe you sent your kids to Christian school, but you send them to a public college, and unless you know something about that college, they're filling your kid's head full of spiritual arsenic. I could get real here, but I can't. I want to say some things, but I won't. Because it's really personal. But I'm telling you, you need to guard and guide your kids. And if you as a parent think your kid's going to come out of college innocent, you're thinking another thing. Not today. Not today. How many hear me? Public schools, what says, have a huge agenda. Listen. Now, I've got, I've got facts to substantiate what I'm about to say. Public schools have a huge agenda to integrate LGBT ideas into the curriculum of our schools. Do you think that's good? Do you think that's going to bring healthy families and good relationships? Do you think it's going to bring a great moral life to your child? Do you think so? I'm not talking political here. These are spiritual things. Yes or no? Okay. So parents, here's the, I want to say some things. Listen, be careful. Be careful with your kids in public school. There is an anti-God agenda, an anti-Christian agenda. I'm not joking. How many hear me? Now quiet. They're teaching things that disagree with what God says about life in general. So let me say this. If you can, I know some can't. If you can, it would be wise to take your children out of public school. If you can, Susan, I I mean, it was a hard decision for us. We talked about it every year. It cost us dearly, dearly. But every year we decided we're going to give them a Christian education because we we looked at the textbooks and what was being taught. You hear me? And we said, not because the school was perfect, because what was being taught was right. How many hear me? The curriculum is skewed these days. So if you can, if you can homeschool, some people aren't cut out for homeschool. And if you're not, don't do it. Listen, I've talked to families and and their kids are so far behind because they don't have any self-discipline themselves. If you don't have self-discipline and you can't keep yourself on a rigid schedule, don't even think about homeschooling your kids. I know I'm meddling now, but let me go a little further. So if your kids are in public, let's get real. If your kid, and, and let me say, if you're a teacher in public schools, I love you. And you know, you got a really hard job. And you got to figure out, okay, 
How can I not compromise my personal values and myself and, and, and work in this organizational structure? The time may come that you have decisions to make, yes or no. But until that time, if you can, if you can weather the storm, God needs you there. How many hear me? And then if, you have, if you're, a, 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 you're just not where you can put your kids in a, a Christian school, or you can't homeschool and your kids have to be in public school. There are situations like that. If I were in your shoes here I, every single day, I, when my kids come home from school, I'd sit them down and say, let me see what you did today. Let me just see your textbook. What would y'all read today? And read the history. And read the English. Well, what did y'all talk about in the classroom today? Well, tell me. Well, the teacher said, there ain't no such thing as the teacher said not to tell me. That doesn't happen at my house. No, what did y'all talk about in school today? What'd y'all do? What happened at recess? What did the kids around you talk about? And find out what they're doing. If not, you will lose your child. Humans are sneaky. The heart is deceitful, right? So you got to ask questions. And if you don't ask those questions, your child just may be completely ruined. Y'all, I've got six grandkids, and they're, you know, what I love about babies? They're pure. I mean, one of them, I keep saying, man, man, she can look a hole right through your soul, boy. <laughs> they're just so pure, you know, and they believe everything. You want to take something that's pristine like that and corrupt it? So if you have to be in public school, I'm telling you, you need to be in your child's face every day. And you know what? Probably you're going to have to. You're going to have to be uh, one of those people that when you come in the door, the teachers say, oh, no, there he is again. There she is again. You don't have a choice if you're going to keep your child from this mess, right or wrong. So if your idea is everybody's your friend and you're popular, you just lost your children if they're in public school. No kidding. It's that bad. There is an agenda. There's an agenda, this one world thing, the people that are doing that stuff, they know that if they, can, if they can rule the school curriculum and the school behaviors, they know that if they can rule the news media, they just rule the culture. So let me stop right here. I'm, I'm almost done. Where am I at? Number five. I'm good. I want to read this. When you depart from the word in your personal life with your family or as a nation... Now, I've read this since the early 1980s when I first read it. It shocked me to no end. And it, it shocked me. It, it scared the heaven out into me. I could say it scared the hell out of me, but it scared the heaven into me. I said, I'm going to walk with God. I don't want that to happen to me. Listen to this. Uh, here's what God does to a person who knows to do good, knows the Bible, but shuts the book and says, I don't care what you think. God, I my life, I do what I want to do. Here's what God says. I have caught, this is Proverbs 1, 24 through 33. Passion translation, I can't say it any better than this translation. I have called you over and over, God says. Still you refuse to come to me. I've pleaded with you again and again, yet you've turned a deaf ear to my voice because you've laughed at my counsel and have insisted on continuing in your stubbornness. You ever been that way? In my past, I was. I will laugh when your calamity comes and will turn away from you at the time of your disaster. Make a joke of my advice, will you? Then I'll make a joke of you. When the storm clouds of terror gather over your head, 
When dread and distress consume you and catastrophe comes like a hurricane, you will cry out to me, but I won't answer. Then it'll be too late to expect my help. When desperation drives you to search for me, I will be nowhere to be found. Because you have turned up your nose at me and closed your eyes to the facts and to refuse to worship me in awe. Because you scoffed at my wise counsel, the word, and laughed at my correction. Now you'll eat the bitter fruit of your own ways. You'll make your own bed, now lie in it. How do you like that? Like an idiot, you've turned away from me and chosen destruction instead. Your self-satisfied smugness will kill you. Stop right there a moment and look at me. That's where our nation is right now. Our nation is, we have some really tough things ahead unless as a culture we get away from our self-satisfied things. And right now, I see no indication of that happening. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? So when tough things come, the scripture is being fulfilled. We had the word, we put it aside. Now, I don't know about you. I don't care what our nation does. I am going to walk with God. I am going to be a word person. I'm going to fill myself full of the word of God and talk to my children about it, my grandchildren about it, and I'm going to do what I know is right. And if I do wrong, I'm going to repent right then because the next verse applies to me and you if you'll obey the word. But the one who always listens to me will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace, free from fear, confident and courageous. You'll rest unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. Psalm 91 says, a thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but you'll be protected. How many want to be that person? Be today a person of the word. Number six, when you choose to do what the Bible says, you put God in charge of your life. Is that good news? Awesome. In the middle of the challenges, when you decide to obey and act on the word, Proverbs 3, 1 through 8, my son, do not forget my law. This is what happens. But let your heart keep my commands. Length of days, long life, and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes fear the Lord depart from evil it will be health to your body your flesh and strength to your bones that's what the word will do isn't that good news and I got a lot to say so here's the last one the word is to bring stability when times are tough and so I I, have written in the notes here get my notes go to victorychurchraleigh.com my notes are right there I've got script a bunch of scripture these scripture in fact every morning the Lord knows them, but I say, God, I need to remind myself of what you've said about me. And I just rattled these scripture off. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, will he not do it as he spoken? Will he not make it good? Psalm 89, 34, my covenant, will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips? Psalm 119, 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God will stand Forever, Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be 
that goes forth out of my mouth that will not return void, but will accomplish what I please and prosper where I seared it. Jeremiah 1, 12, I watch over my word to perform it. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away. My word will never pass away. Now I do that every day. You know why? Because when I was a little boy, I'll end with this. When I was a little boy, listen to this. Some of you may struggle with When I was a little boy, you know, uh, the world was different it's in the 60s. Mid-60s, 1960s, that dates me, yes. So I learned to ride my bicycle. I love to ride my bicycle around my community. And my mother, I do my chores on Saturday. We finish church on Sunday. I get to ride my bike in my community. So I had some friends. I went to church. There's one particular friend. I mean, Saturday or Sunday. I said, well, meet me at the store by the railroad tracks at 3 o'clock. He would say, I said, okay, I'll meet you. I'll be there at 3. So, so the kind of personality, I'm, at, I'm there at a quarter till 3. He said, he'd meet me right here. Well, 3 o'clock came, guess what? He's nowhere to be found. 305, 3.10, 3.20, He ain't coming. He didn't do that one time. He did it dozens of times. And guess what my little personality did? My little personality took that and said, hmm. You just can't trust anybody. You can't trust people's word. Then when I grew up, that caused me problems because I couldn't trust anybody. I didn't believe anything anybody said. Even God's word I doubted. And when I came to Jesus three weeks before my 18th birthday and started reading the Bible, this came back to me that I just couldn't trust the word. I could, first job I had, the first real job I had uh, in ministry, I mean, I, 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 I aggravated. I'm, uh, it's any wonder that that secretary had any hair left because I'd have worried it right off of her head. I'd ask her 15 times about one thing. It was a problem. And God, I had to solve it. You know how, what solved it for me? I meditated on Scripture until I knew that I knew that I knew. God is not like people. God is not a man. If he says it, you can put it in the bank. It's even more, more worthy than money in the bank. Now you can't even trust your money in the bank almost. But you can trust God's word. So friends, in this series, if you want God's best today, get in the word. Don't be gullible and believe everything that you hear. How many hear me? There are strange things happening in our world today. And it's a plot. It's a plan. It's a one world thing. It's for the destruction of our freedoms, our liberties, our ability to think individually. And right now, we need to pray for our country and we need to get ourselves right for what is to come.